I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwech. This is Omami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, we'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. Hello, my world changers. Welcome once again to another exuberant episode of the Umami Conversation podcast. This is your host, Agnes Sapia. And on today's conversation, we are diving into energy medicine. Mm-hmm. So we have with us our amazing guest, Mama Oracle, a priestess, a spiritual leader, among the many other names and titles that she holds. So Mama Oracle became quite aware of her gift in early childhood. She possessed the ability to see, hear, and feel things from the unseen and to channel and heal with energy in her hands. This episode starts with a brief description of the journey that my Oracle had in order to even come to an acceptance of this gift that she holds. Uh, we dive into the importance of energy healing or energy medicine and how it can heal us physically, emotionally, spiritually. Mama Oracle talks about even as parents, things that energy healing could do for us and other tips on on how to become a calmer parent. Yeah, this this conversation was really interesting. So make sure that you go all the way to the end. I will be very honest and frank with you. I was very nervous on this day for, uh, for I, I know my reasons. Maybe one day I'll take the time to delve in a little bit deeper and let you guys know. I don't know, maybe you guys would recognize the nervousness in me, but I felt like there was so many valuable points that were given by Mama Oracle. And this episode is worth a listen. So this is energy healing, part of our spiritual hygiene with Mama Enjoy. And you know, Mama Oracle, the reason why I reached out to you was first and foremost, because I wanted to have your last two seasons. Um, season two did have a co-host at that time, which was um, Jessica, the one that spoke to me about you. And I saw the work that you're doing. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know this woman. Like, how come? Like, I see a bunch of people I know following her. I'm originally from Montreal. I I grew up in Montreal, but I left there like almost 10 years now um, and living in Gatineau. And for me, you know, this whole um, spiritual journey, healing journey started in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since I've just kind of been in this space of like self-discovery and 
in this space of healing and just allowing myself to go through <sighs> all of the things. <laughs> all of the things. <laughs> And um, a lot of the messaging that you share really resonated with me um, on your page, your vulnerability, your rawness, your realness. And yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it another try (laughs) this season. I'm going to be confident and reach out to her and hope it works out. So I am stoked, okay? Like inside of me, it's a little girl jumping right now. I am so, so humbled to have you here with us. Um, and you're you're a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Let's start off by that. You are a lot of things. Um, when I, I took some time to go on your page and you know, you you basically you're you're a priestess, you're a Reiki master, you're a healer. There's 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 a load of I'll use the word titles. Mm-hmm. that you carry. Mm-hmm. And with that load, I am sure that when it comes to the body, the mind, and the soul, you have a lot of awareness you know, about that. But at the same time, you are also a human and you've experienced also a lot of human things like mm-hmm. we all do. <laughs> so all I'm trying to say is I just really want it all in the next 45 minutes. Just like drop all the nuggets, give it all to us, you know. Um, but we're gonna start focusing more on like energy healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, the reason why I talk I want to speak about energy healing is because I've realized that there's a lot of people in I would say social media, because that's where I see it more in society that talks about how energy healing and that are healers and they're healing energies and I'm an energy healer, I'm an energy healer, and it's like, oh. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start off with you by you maybe sharing a little bit about how did that journey start? And yeah, let's just start with how did that journey start of you? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it started for as long as I can remember back into my childhood. Um, I had the ability to see things, to feel things. And um I think from a very early age, I was able to channel things for people. I was able to Mm. channel energy in my hands. Um, And funny enough, I kind of understood what what it was. It's just that I didn't understand why I was like this and not everybody else. Um, Mm. And then I think that I was really aware of um, all the abilities that I had when I was in high school And I used to have dreams for people or I could look at someone and say, oh, this is how you are and this is what's going to happen. And then people started calling me a witch and I got highly rejected and bullied for that. But because I was so, um, like my spirituality was so ingrained in me, it never made me turn my back on that. Mm. They get bullied for something and then they try to detach from their identity. Right. For me, I feel like it brought me closer. So I remember when I was in my high school years, I was always alone in my room. My parents will always complain. Mm. Why are you always in your room and blah, blah, blah. But I was always in my room because I experienced the same thing with my sisters. My sisters also would reject me a lot. And so I remember Mm. being alone in my room and always praying and talking to the universe or God, however you want to call it, and asking questions Mm -hmm. like, why am I being rejected? Why am I here Mm -hmm. with these abilities if people don't accept it? Like, why am I experiencing bullying? Just asking so many questions and just like sitting in silence. 
And I would always mm-hmm. hear, you know, this is going to serve for later. I didn't understand that mm-hmm. like now doing the work that I'm doing. And at some point, I remember I must have been 11 or 12. I wanted to commit suicide because I couldn't bear mm-hmm. being rejected and bullied at school and feeling the same at home. Like my mind just wow. started like thinking I am not wanted in this world. I'm not right. um, needed here. Like this is not a place for me, you know? Right. Um, and I was in high school. Um, I think it was um, the first grade of high school. I don't, I don't know how they say it in, uh, in Ottawa, but I was in first grade of high school. Yeah, there was a girl that I knew yeah. who was in a similar situation. She was more having a lot of issues with her family and she also wanted to commit suicide. So we were like, hey, let's, you know, wow. in the bathroom. And I don't know why I told wow. her, you know, if we do this and someone comes in, then it means that we're not supposed to do that. And she was like, okay. And then we were going to hang ourselves. You know, the bathroom stalls, there's like, um, like a hole oh between the door and the bar. Yes. And oh my Lord. And then as soon as like we were going to put our head, someone came in and then I said, okay, we're not supposed to do this. And like, there is a bigger purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I, I like, and when I look back, I find it, really interesting that uh, as young as I was, I still remembered, like, I have a purpose. I came here for something. But it, sh- it was just too difficult yeah. to deal with the pain at yeah. first. But then I realized, yeah. okay, maybe there really is something that I have to do with all of this. So I just never, you know, attempted again. Right. And the more I was meditating, the more I was praying, like, I actually, from 17 to 28, I decided to just, I didn't know that it was going to last that long. But I decided mm. to go on a spiritual journey where I was a, I was celibate. Um, I became vegetarian. Um, I cut my my hair. You know, I put it natural. I stopped being, uh, putting perm mm. in my hair. Perm. And um, I was fasting a lot. At the mm. time, I didn't. Um, I actually never really identified to any religion. I was very mm. Catholic, and my parents, you know, they forced me to do my communion my baptism and stuff like that but i Mm. I never resonated with me every time i would go to the church Mm. like there's something more to that it can't be just that Mm -hmm. every sunday we're Mm -hmm. the same thing like there must be yeah something more um more more than the hail mary exactly (laughs) and um (laughs) but at the time i would still read the bible and every time i would open the bible randomly whatever i would read would be, you know, something about someone fasting. So I was like, maybe I should go on a fast. Mm. So the first mm. one I did was 21 days. And it was, um, I think the person in the Bible, like they, they were eating vegetables and drinking water for 21 days. So I did that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when I started that, it's like my dreams became even more intense, like feeling energy more intensely. So I was like, whoa. So I wanted to do that even more. more. I continued with the fasting. You know, I was reading some books on how to circulate like your feminine sexual energy in your body. Energy. To help, you mm-hmm. know, becoming, uh, be- to become more uh, strong energetically. So I really focused mm-hmm. on that. And then the more I was, you know, digging into those things and reading about astrology and numerology and just learning, I'm really attracted to anything mystic. <laughs> um, so the more I was learning about the mysteries of the world, like the more I started to attract, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual teachers, people who would teach me these things, shaman, mm-hmm. clairvoyants. 
Um, and I think in 2012, I met with three different women who were doing Reiki um, and mm. introduced me to that. And the shaman that I knew at the time um, had told me, you know, you came here to heal people with your hands. It's like a gift right. that you already have. It's not something that you will acquire. You have that gift in your mm. head. And I said, yeah, like I've been feeling that since I was young, but I never really understood. Right. Um, and then I got initiated into Reiki in 2012. Um, I was okay. not really taking it seriously because at the time I was a full-time student. I had my apartment. I was working full-time. So when people were telling me to start my practice, I was like, who's going to come to me? Nobody really mm-hmm. knows, about knows that I'm doing this. Exactly. Yeah. And the people who do, they were bullying me. So who is going to come, you know? Right. So um, I just kept on, you know, working at the bank. And at some point I went to do, um, it was a Kemetic Reiki certification. So Kemetic is ancient Egypt. So Ancient Egypt, yeah. Exactly. So it's energy healing from yeah. Kemet. And that was wow. the date. And I was spared in a room with um, this woman who does Akashic reading. And I said, I want to do an Akashic record reading with you. And um, <sighs> whatever you're doing now, like the work that you're doing, that's a dead end. If you don't leave, something is going to happen because your ancestors want you to be on this path of healing others. And that's the only way that you'll have success. And then my dad was like, again, she's telling me this, but I'm working full time. I have school. I have bills to do. So I didn't listen. I just went back home Mm -hmm. and continued to work at the bank. And two months later, something happened at work where I decided to, you know, um, to leave, to leave. Um, and it was a little bit of a drama situation that happened. Um, basically, I was a victim of racism to the CEO, and then they paid me to keep my silence um, so that I don't sue them. So that's oh. how I started um, getting on my path to healing other people. When I left um, my job, I started taking people in my apartment. And I had this room. It was a beautiful room of I don't know how to explain the shape. Uh, it felt like it's like three walls, and then the fourth wall was like mm. open like a pyramid. So to me, it was like mm. a pyramid healing room. <laughs> and yes. I had nothing. I just had a yoga mat, and I would take people. They would lay down on the yoga mat, and I would give them energy. Um, and then in 2015, I decided that I wanted to move out of Canada. And I think even in high school, I kept saying, like, when I'm finished with my studies, I'm going to move to the Caribbean. I'm going to have a little girl. Like, I knew everything, everything that's going on now. This is so wild. Before, yeah. And um, I moved to Antigua, which is in the Caribbean. Yes. And I met the father of my daughter there. Um, he was into herbs, so he studied with Dr. Africa, who has now um, passed away. And um, mm. so we had our clinics. So I was taking care of energy healing. He was taking care of um, nutrition and, you know, healing with herbs, mm-hmm. herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started to really have clients. I was doing Reiki on the beach and it was really beautiful. And I ended up staying there for two mm-hmm. years. And then I moved back to Montreal with my daughter. And that's when Mm -hmm. things really um, took off. Um, Started to pick up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I met with, I don't know if you knew Nali. Yes. Um, I I didn't personally know her, um, but I I did see her journey. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I met her um, at an event and uh, we spoke for a little bit and she said, I want to try what you're doing. And then I gave her a session and that's when she started promoting what I was doing. And that's when mm. people started to really come. Um, and in the meantime, like I've done a lot of tra- different trainings with energy. So I don't consider myself a Reiki master. I practice energy okay. medicine. Reiki is one of my tools, but um, essentially, mm. you know, um, I was born with energy in my hands already. And every wow. single thing that I've learned um, is much bigger and much deeper than just Reiki. So when you say that Reiki is a tool that you use, what are the different type of like energy, like modalities? Cause I, I've, I thought Reiki was actually energy healing. You know, I thought that was what it was, but now there's different, there's different forms of energy healing. Is that where you're staying? Oh, okay. Lineages of Reiki. Like I said, I do the Japanese Reiki called Usui Reiki. I also do Karuna. I also do Kemetic Reiki. And I also do energy medicine, which I've studied for two years. Wow. Huh. Okay. I need to read yeah. more about this then. I, I, I was really under the impression that, um, yeah, Ricky was. So with with this whole journey that you went through, how, how has energy medicine or energy healing um, benefited like, you know, the mind, the body, and the soul of your different clients that you've had mm-hmm. um, in the past years? So energy is, I think, in my opinion, the most overlooked tool that you can use to heal because energy can literally heal on a holistic level. So mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. You have someone that sometimes will take supplements and that only, you know, helps with the physical body. But they'll go to mm-hmm. a therapist, and that really only heals with the, the mental. Um, but mm-hmm. when it comes to energy, the energy has the capacity to heal you on all aspects. So I have a lot of clients who will tell me um, that you know they have a therapist, and then they do energy medicine with me, and they'll say they all say the same thing. When I go to my therapist, I understand why I went through the things that I went through. And like my logical brain can understand that. But the emotions that I feel, I'm not able to let them go with therapy. But when I come to do energy healing, I feel like all of those emotions and the traumas are being released. That's because the energy, like I said, can work on releasing everything on all different aspects of a being. Um, wow. so it's benefited everyone on all levels. Like I, I don't see, you know, people with a specific issue. I can see someone who, you know, just broke up with uh, a partner and it's bringing up, you know, childhood traumas of abandonment or rejection or lack of self-worth. And then with the energy, we can work on that. I can work on people who have cancer. Um, and because the energy, has the ability to regenerate your cells, it has the ability to regenerate your organs, it has the ability to work on the root cause of a disease. So that helps them on a physical level, but also emotionally, mentally, because it does affect you um, when mm-hmm. you have a disease like that. I can work right. on someone who has insomnia, has a you know issue sleeping. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to insomnia, you think of the nervous system always being in fight or flight or something preoccupied yeah. with the mind of the person. Your mind. It helps to release whatever is 
you know, occupying your mind. It's stuck. Exactly. So it's it's benefiting people on all aspects. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. So so you spoke about emotion. One thing about me is I have challenges. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really good at taking in other people's I would say emotions, you know, I'm really good at being very empathetic and like hearing people. But when it comes to me opening up and sharing my emotions, it takes a lot. (laughs) And obviously it's because of like childhood trauma. And I'm now discovering all of these things. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends. And one of the things that she told me was that she's actually working on this program, like a emotional support program. And we were having a session and she said that, well, if you're a person that's been disconnected from your body for so long, it's normal to not be able to connect, mm-hmm. you know, with your emotion and understand your emotions. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was out here blaming, like blaming a lot of people around me due to that. But it was, it's not anyone's fault. It's the disconnect between the body and your emotion. Could you Could you kind of share with me, how would a person that is like me, you know, that is experiencing a lot of trouble, like with their emotions, how would energy healing help in that way? How would it connect the person's emotion to their body or connect their body to themselves? Like how would, how does that work? I'm just curious. Well, first you have to understand um, where that stems from. So I don't only do energy medicine. I also do counseling. And the reason why is because it's important for the person to understand in their logical brain what's been going on. And then Mm. we can release on an energetic level. Because I can release Mm. things energetically and you're still gonna not going to understand why you are the way that you are. So um, the first thing I do in my sessions, like we explore your traumas. What did you go through? How was your childhood? What was the dynamic with your parents, your relationship with your mother and your relationship with your father, your relationship with your siblings? What is it that made you, you know, disconnect from your body? Um, Mm. Normally, the main reason is because your primary needs weren't met. And so you had to cope with all of your stress and your anger and your fear and your sadness by yourself as a child. And because it's so much, you know, to to cope with on your own without having the skills, if your parents Mm -hmm. are not giving them to you, then you disconnect because you don't know how to deal with the stress. And when you think about, you know, children, for example, who are diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, all of this is only being disconnected from your body. You disconnect because of a stressful environment or you disconnect because there's violence. You disconnect because there's too much pain and nobody is there to hold you through that. And so you just disconnect. And if you spend your childhood, you know, being disconnected from your body, you have difficulty identifying what your emotions are because your parents were never there to say, Hey, how are you feeling? Is it angry? What are you angry about? What are you sad about? Let's identify, you know, the pain that you're feeling. If you didn't have someone to guide you through that, then you're not going to know what you're There is no validation if there's just absolutely none. And it's it's so true that you say this because I was in a therapy session and um, during that session, I was I, I told my therapist this week, I was super jealous. <laughs> okay. I was feeling emotions of jealousy and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I hated feeling that, that, that emotions, cause I, I grew up, I grew up like a Christian. 
I still think I am. I don't know what I am actually right now. I'm just a girl. Okay. <laughs> so, and you know, in, in the Christian faith, all of these negative emotions were thought to not, um, you know, give power to it, that they were bad. You know, like it was always given such a such a bad connotation that anytime I felt anything that was not love, anything that was not like joy or like compassion, I would like condemn myself. Mm -hmm. So and I told her, you know, I was like, I was super jealous and she validated me and she was like, Mm -hmm. it's normal to be jealous. Yeah. You grew up in this type of setting. You've given this, you've done this, you did that. So it's absolutely normal and it's okay. All of the emotions are normal, otherwise they wouldn't exist. The relief I felt, you know, so you sharing that when you're a child, I'm sorry, this is making me so emotional already. When you're a child and those emotions are not ever validated, are not taken care of, it's just normal. It's normal to have breakdowns at the age of like 40. like at work and that was me you know like a immediate breakdown and it's like you can't even figure out where this breakdown is from you're trying to like look at all the different ways and childhood exactly Mm -hmm. i guess that's why they say like um inner child healing is 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 really important or parenting your inner child is really important and for you as a priestess, you know, and as a mother, because you are also a mother, because we're diving into here, I just want to know what are the little, um, the advice that you could give to parents, new parents, I'm a new parent, um, that are already having issues with their own emotions. And then they have to deal with the emotions of a little baby, a toddler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could you share a little bit of what can we do to help us, but then also help the child? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important to heal yourself, uh, doing the inner work. As a doula, that's something when I work with mothers, I really want to explore. You know, I'm going to ask her, like, what are your traumas? Um, and let's work on that so that they're not passed down to the children. Because if you don't work on anything, the children get automatically your traumas, your patterns, your programmings, whether you're conscious of it or not. And um, for me, you know, I thought that I had done a lot of work on myself because I did the therapy, the energy healing, the ceremonies, like you name it. But a child will really, really bring the deep, deep traumas that you haven't worked on. They, they yeah. all do. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I, I did the healing work, but even up to now, um, sometimes I'll take workshops on how to deal with, you know, children's emotions or how to become mm. a calm parent. Because, you know, we grow up in environments, especially in the Black culture, like, you know, we don't speak about emotions or screaming at us rather than taking mm-hmm. the time to explaining things. And you tell yourself, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be like that. But Girl. Are, that's what you know, right? Um, and so for me, I did the screaming, I did the yelling. And then at some point I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing the pattern that's in my yes. family. So yes. um, that's when I did the healing work on like, okay, how to become a calmer parent. And for that, you really have to work on the nervous system. Because when you have mm. traumas from your childhood, it means you've been on fight or flight more than relaxed. 
So yeah. working on my nervous system has really, really helped to become more calm and more present when I speak to my daughter. And I always okay. validate her emotions, whatever it is that's happening. With even if you know she's angry at me, I validate the emotions, and then we talk about it. But I think that for everyone wanting to bring their children, um, you know, children into the world, and um, wanting to do the work, I think it's important to also know what are the traumas in the generations before you um, mm. that have occurred, because those are also things that you're carrying with you. So it's not just the traumas that you experienced as a child, but it's also what did my mother go through? What did my grandmother? Mm-hmm. Go through? My grandmother. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important to look at your foremothers as well, and even your fathers, and like what yeah. happened in their childhood that you might be carrying with you, and that you can, you know, transmute so that you don't transfer that to your children. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I, I just realized for myself that I actually don't know my dad. Like, you know, like, I don't know anything about him. And I was like, I need to ask this man questions. (laughs) Like, he's getting older. I want to know, like, because I, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to meet my grandparents. Um, They had all passed away, like, when I was, well, I was still older, but um, they're no longer here. And for my mother on her side, um, her mom passed away when she was young. Right. So I've been trying to like ask questions and really understand like the dynamics between like my parents and their relationship and understand why it was like that. And sometimes it's hard to get that information. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Sometimes your parents themselves, they're they're so traumatized that they can't even remember. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you don't have that information, like what else do you do? How can you figure out what are all of the traumas that are in, or can you even figure them out? Can you even like figure out all of the traumas in your lineage? Mm-hmm. Is this, I think this is more like deep, <laughs> deep mm. work. Yeah, I mean, you can consult with, you know, priests and priestesses and clairvoyants, people yeah. who can see things. But um, I know that for me, my parents, they don't talk much, especially my mother. But what I did with her is I identified the emotions and her Mm. personality. She's a very closed person, um, hiding a lot of, or maybe not hiding, but I guess she has a lot of secrets that she doesn't talk about. Um, And at some point I was like her. So I've never really tried to understand why she was closed off it was more like okay now i'm aware that i'm like this just like her so how can i become more open you know because mm. you're not going to mm. know every little thing i just ask questions to my you know cousins uncles because some people will talk true yeah that is so so true that is very very true um and i think it's important to know to know a bit about your background you know and where you're from and you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you're coming from yes 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 hmm. that's so deep <laughs> that is so true because because i think when it comes to our souls and my understanding is that our soul is what has like our soul has been with us from like previous generations and times and and all of that okay mm-hmm. when you use energy healing on people do you ever experience like a moment where it's like you could literally feel or see the person's soul or the soul is like kind of 
opening itself up to you, you know, if the person is not connected deep into within their soul, this is that something that could happen? I can't speak for everybody else, but for myself, yes, I can feel, um, I can feel the soul. Um, absolutely. I can see the inner child, uh, and the state of the inner child. Um, I can see, I can't really see their past life. Some people will have, you know, visions of that on the table, um, but I can see sometimes if there's people that passed away around them that come and want to communicate a message. Uh, but yes. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and now I'm understanding that energy healing could be for basically every single thing. Um, is there a way that we could practice energy healing like on our own, maybe during like our self-care rituals or um, our, our regular rituals. You know, today is is um, is a it's a new moon, right? Yeah, today is the new moon um, in Taurus. So I'm just wondering if you could give a bit of like tips on things that we can do if maybe a person is not ready. You know, go deep into their healing journey. Maybe there's a little bit of something they could do um, through energy. When it comes to energy, um, you have to take a course, and um, you have to take a course. Energy activated, activated in your hands, and I think I believe in all the lineages. The level one is personal level, so it's to heal yourself. So the energy will be activated in your hands, and then you can do it on yourself daily. Um, okay. But it's not something that you just start like that. It's really like finding okay. someone who can teach you about the energy and how to use it for yourself. Now I was going to say, otherwise, when it comes to a ritual, you said for someone who's not really to ready to go deep um, is writing and burning like journaling about how you feel and then burning, especially when it comes to lower vibrational emotions, like anger, shame, jealousy, um, guilt, resentment, fear, those emotions, if you write about them, you want to burn them as a way to release them. That's a good practice. I want to share something about what you just said about burning, if that's okay with you. Um, once again, growing up as a Christian, I was, um, a few years ago, I was, I, I used to do um, events for women. And when one of the events, I was led to have the women share or write down something that they wanted to let go of. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of like going with what I was feeling. So the women wrote, I'm like, and I told them, once you write it, you give it to me, I'm going to burn it, blah, blah. That happened. It was done. Maybe a year or so later, I meet this pastor. Um, we're having a conversation. And this is during the time where I'm kind of like asking a lot of questions. I want to get out of this matrix, as they call it. And she mentions things like, oh, you know, people that write stuff and burn, that's witchcraft. Witchcraft. That's what she said. So I was like, at that moment when she said that, and and witchcraft in the sense, Shalcom, in the negative sense, how society perceives witchcraft or how they've 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 showed it to us right so at that time and i i wasn't into like this spiritual walk that i'm presently in i wasn't into it at all but i was like but i felt like it was the holy spirit that led me to it you know like like it, it's it's the spirit of god that told me to do that and i was talking to myself so that's why i started asking myself even deeper question like am i a witch like you know like 
Am I, is there something wrong with me? Like, you know, so you sharing that just this simple ritual Mm -hmm. can actually release a person. A lot of people are hindering themselves from doing things like that because of this type of information. Yeah. But I mean, this is why I essentially, and this is my personal journey, not judging anyone else, but this is why I kind of detach from identifying um to any religion or the one that I was raised in because what I realized with that is that they're not showing you their your power whereas in spirituality they're showing you how powerful you can be once you go within you know yeah yeah Yeah. and it's true and and one of the things I realized also is that a lot of these leaders in these settings actually see you and they see Mm -hmm. the real you and they see Mm -hmm. what you carry but instead of trying to feed it on the other hand they they literally try to like you know keep it to themselves or like I don't know what they do but I feel they they suck every living thing (laughs) that is in you out you know and just to get to a place where you could restore yourself back. I guess maybe energy healing would be a good place to start, eh? Absolutely. If ever a person, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had my share of it. I did Reiki, a distance mm-hmm. Reiki once. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting experience, you know, like the person was like in France, I think. I don't remember where she was. And I still felt like the shifts in my body yeah. and my spirit and... I was like, oh, imagine if I'm like sitting, if I'm like laying right in front of that person, what would happen? You know what I mean? So I know that we're actually running out of time. I do, I have a few things I wanted us to go into, but that's, that's absolutely um, fine. Um, Before I, I let you go, I just want to know, do you have any last words or any words of wisdom that you'd like to give to anyone that's maybe skeptical about energy healing, um, skeptical, skeptical, even just about going into like this spiritual life. Maybe they've been Mm -hmm. asking themselves so many questions, but they're just unsure or they're Mm -hmm. fearful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, What I can say is that, you know, the being that we are, that we see in the mirror when we look at ourselves is made of energy. The energy of God is what created us. Whether we're religion, spiritual, atheist, we are all an energy and a body. We're all a spirit having a human experience. And no matter what people say, you know, being afraid of being, you know, getting on a spiritual path, we are all spiritual because we are all a spirit and a body. Yeah. Um, And again, whatever you believe in and whether you believe in something or not, we all have chakras. We all have an energetic body. We all have organs. We're all made the same. So spiritual people are not the one who have an energy field. Everybody has an energy field. Everybody has, you know, their chakras. Everybody has an aura. Um, And it's a part of yourself. So just like you would take care of yourself physically by, you know, taking the supplements and eating right and taking care of your emotions by going to a therapist and stuff like that. It's also important to have spiritual hygiene because when you don't, Mm. we all can absorb energies from each other that affect us. We all can absorb um, other people's emotions and you're just walking around with all of those things on you. So it's really, Mm. really important to do energy healing, not only because it can heal you on all aspects, but because it also nourishes your spirit and the energy Mm. healing it's the energy of God is the highest vibration of love. It can't be yes. energy 
can't be something bad because we're not giving our energy. We're being channels that channel the energy of God to heal yourself. So there's nothing, you know, negative that can happen from that. If there is something that happens to someone, that's considered dark magic. Someone who has intentions mm. towards you, but the energy itself is not like that because it's the highest frequency of God. I have so many questions. Oh my God. <laughs> like there's <laughs> questions like, I feel like, I mean, if you have the time, I would really love, because like, I've just heard so much stuff you know about energy and people being manipulated by energy and how um people had ruined their lives like i've heard i just heard a lot of things about this whole energy healing that's why for me it has taken me forever <laughs> to even like yeah. go into it um and then i did last year and it was okay you know but then i still sometimes have those those thoughts like oh my gosh what if like my energy is manipulated. But then when I sit down and I think about it, when I was going to church and they would lay hands on us and some of the some of the people, some some of these pastors that are laying hands on you, they don't necessarily have a good spirit. You know, they don't necessarily have good energy, you know, at the end of the day. So it's like I I just really want people to understand the need of it and understand that it's not, it's not quote unquote witchcraft, you know, it's not black magic. Cause I love what you said is that it's the highest level of energy. It's, it's that agape, it's pure love, you know, it's the energy exactly. of God. So if we're using God to heal you, then what else can go wrong? Unless maybe you have your own issues, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask you um, just to kind of light it up a little bit um, and end the, the conversation. I do have three last questions for you. They're a little bit like fun questions. My first question is, what is your favorite emoji? Or if you were an emoji, what would you be? Or what would it look like? Oh my God. Let me go through my phone <laughs> I see. <laughs> there is one that I always use. I mean, I use all the laughing emojis a lot. Those are the main ones that I use. The main one, okay. uh, The laughing one. Yeah. yeah, and I think oh, yeah. that if I were to be an emoji, it would be that. Because I, I use it just because like the people that I talk to were always laughing at something. Oh, I love so that. I'm, yeah. I love that. I love it. So what music are you bumping to or what podcasts are you tuning into lately? Um, uh, when it comes to music, I listen to a lot of Afrobeats, uh, yes. and the podcast I'm listening to high level conversations at the moment with, uh, 19 keys. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of us are on that high level conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's definitely, yeah, he's that, that's a definitely a good place to be. Um, do you have a specific, um, like afrobeat that you like i like the central ones <laughs> which one? The one i like the central ones i don't like the ones that are too mm. i just love okay. central music the central music uh, okay yeah i think the one that i'm listening to now is called um no room for love no room uh, for love majid m-a-g-e-e-d no room i'm gonna for go love. look That's for that 
now. I'm going to go look for that. And my last question, pick a number from one to seven. Seven. Okay, so this is a very silly question, okay? If you had to wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would it be? Deep V-neck, short dress, long sleeve. That's like my favorite thing to wear. (laughs) Your favorite look? Awesome, yeah. awesome. Mama, or- Mama Oracle, thank you so much um, first for you know answering these these questions, for showing up today. Um, I am beyond grateful. Um, I mean, I know you got a busy schedule, but if you mm-hmm. could do a part two, I would really love that. It doesn't have to be now. We're running yeah. until December. So, you know, you just let me know whenever you're ready. Yeah. I'll be here. Um, and... Could you just share quickly what's going on? Like, what are you putting out there? I know that there's a special guest coming to Montreal through you. Could you just share that with the world? Let us know what magic you're creating. Yes. Uh, I have Queen Afua coming on Sunday, July 16th in Montreal. It'll be at Alcapoda. And Queen Afua, she's a renowned healer. Who's, she has like over 40 years of experience in holistic healing. And she's a healer to, you know, Erica Badu, Lauren London, Yvonne Davis, TV Wonder, Common, Ian Levenzen. Yeah. Like she's really big. All of so them. She'll be teach about, you know, womb healing and how to go from trauma to transformation. Awesome. And that's on July 16th, right? Yes. And if ever somebody wants to, you know, get into a session with you um they could link you up on your website absolutely on my website so we'll have all of that information in the show notes thank you once again mama oracle for showing up at umami conversation you're welcome thank you for tuning in today we encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women and we appreciate your support and feedback so please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.